And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program as I am moving things around and adjusting, uh, the, uh, adjusting my horizontal and my vertical. I leave the diagonal to anybody else who wants to deal with it. You're listening to the Tell Me Your Story. You're also, also watching it on YouTube, if you are. Uh, it's a program designed with new paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. It's humorous, folks. I, tell me. Let me tell you. It's uh, life. You, if you can't laugh at life, you can't laugh. So you better start laughing. Uh, this program is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We stream live at those times as well as the 9 o'clock Wednesday broadcast. That's 9 a.m. Uh, we stream the live broadcast at uh, richarddugan.com. We podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spotify and Stitcher and, and uh, uh, TuneIn Radio and a bunch of other places some of uh, which you folks are reposting our interviews to. Thank you for doing that. And on YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. I hope you'll subscribe to uh, the podcasts and or the video casts. It's great to have you with us. I've always... I, if I had to spend... I wanna, I'm going to try to keep it small to start with five hours a day sitting in a chair with some breaks along the way doing this... I would do this for the rest of my life. I would do it both in studio. I would do it on remotes, on location, on the road, on the beach, on the ocean, on the water. Um, uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, green eggs and ham. I love them, Sam. I am. I love green eggs and ham. I'll eat them in a, uh, anywhere. But I will tell you that this program uh, comes your way on those times and days because we're trying to change the world. Yes, tall order, but the beauty of it is I'm not alone. My guest is joining me along with a bunch of other people who have been my guests. Uh, and we're going to talk with my guest who uh, has a very, uh, very interesting website as well. And her name is uh, Karuna. And uh, she's joining us all the way from where are you today, Karuna? And thank you for joining us. I'm so blessed to be here. Thanks, Richard, for having me. I am in a little mining village called Gold Hill, Colorado. Ah, and how far yeah. is that? Maybe from uh, the places that I, the place I know of, Denver. I've never been there, but I know where it so, is. So it's about an hour and a half from Denver, hour and fifteen. From Boulder, we're closer to Boulder. We're twenty minutes from Boulder, okay. so we get our groceries in Boulder. Very good. Um, I have a friend in Denver who's invited me there. One of our uh, our guests on this program, and uh, I have not taken okay. him up on it yet, but I plan to. I, I absolutely plan. Well, please to. come see us in the high country because you can't come to Colorado and not live in these mountains for at least a day. Well, I I have to tell you that I have actually begun uh, uh, become accustomed to living in the mountains. We live in the mountains above Santa Barbara, the San Inez Range. Um, okay. It's only twenty two hundred feet, you know, and we have gotten snow <laughs> on occasion. It's really very cool. Okay. So uh, really enjoying that. Now you. Um, you are a yogini. We're going to find out what that is. You also have a website called Light on Kundalini. Now, I first heard about Kundalini uh, through my metaphysical primer, Autobiography of a Yogi, when I was 
16, right. 17 years of age. Fantastic. I've well read done. it hundreds of times. I have it on my yeah. phone as an audible book. Yes, you do. And um, I'm curious as to how you became introduced to what what it, where were you what were you doing and so forth when you became introduced to uh, the kundalini energy and and uh, the whole spinal energetic network if you will you know i wish that i could say um when it happened when i when i was i was introduced to it when i lived in los angeles and Actually, um, until I came back to find my roots in Colorado, that I go back and do a, a level one, level two, level three teacher training course. You know, it's a graduation, my dear. And, you know, we're not we're not so um, privileged to say I am a Kundalini yoga master. There was one, you know, Mahan Tantric. And there will only be one Mahan Tantric. And he brought it from the East to the West because he said, us Westerners need a little bit of an awakening. So let me give them Kriya. Let me give them meditation. Let me ground them from their hippie days in the 70s. He first found his students. He was, uh, he was from the Punjab area near um, Amritsar. His guru is Guru Ram Das. And there's 10 Sikh gurus. So it's a Sikh tradition, S-I-K-H. And, and that's where the, the practice is derived from, yet they don't do yoga, <laughs> physical yoga. So that's super cool. And that's what interested me the most was, was, oh, good, I don't have to fall into a linear practice where somebody is telling me the same thing every day to do because I'm just too spontaneous for that. I get very um, willing to go deeper. And so this practice could allow me to break down my barriers, to teach me the facets of my mind to give me a, a practice where I can sit with myself and not have someone tell me what to do and let me hear and learn and listen. And that truly is why I love Kundalini yoga because there are 4,000 Kriyas and there's so many, there's 81 facets of our mind and there's these projections that go with every single one of those facets and aspects that go along with them. So depending on, I'm sure today you were the manager, you were the producer, you were the artist, you were the actor, you were everything in all your podcasts and all your interviews today, you play many different roles. We do on a daily basis. And so, you know, what I liked was it worked. Mm. I could understand with a very, you know, elementary point of view with no background, yet I was a yogini, I was doing yoga practice for 30 years, because I, I, you know, like the physical practice as well. But then when it took me to a place where I was starting to understand, I cannot be attached to this body form shape. Are you kidding? There's got to be something else in here. And it was my heart. And it opened my heart. And I got to see when I received my name, Karuna, which was given to me in Varanasi, India, after seven trips to India, and I received my name the first trip, I, 
you know, had this partnership with myself that I was going to go through the thick and the thin of it. And I was going to go into the fire, not knowing what the fire really felt like when it started burning. And that, (laughs) you know, was energetic enough to say, I'm waking up, I'm growing up, I'm cleaning up, I'm showing up. I work with Ken Wilbur and we have multiple programs together from the UN, from International Yoga Day. We did one with, I was keynote speaker with Deepak Chopra. I can send you that beautiful interview we did uh, through the UN on International Yoga Day in June. And as you know, we have this magazine called Light on Light Magazine, and now we're a press, a publisher. So, you know, we're bringing in all sorts of different voices, and they cannot be necessarily a linear voice in this time. We're in the Aquarian age, the Piscean time, the Kali Yuga, the dark age, which we're still in. And that's why we're fighting to get out of it. Hence mm-hmm. my face plant yesterday. Here's oh, my face plant, my, everybody. Right, yes. Oh, I got a shiner. <laughs> but I love that. I mean, you know what was amazing was I hit a face plant on my walk I do every day. And it was just in front of the ashram. And there happened to be a young man taking pictures in a car. And I said, with a very bloody, can you take me to the ashram? <laughs> and I met my sisters in the ashram that are my neighbors. And they helped me. And, you know, they, they helped me. And everyone came out of the woodwork to help me get my, you know, the chiropractor and the ER and, you know, my son and his wife, you know, every, and it just showed me that this life force that we have inside of us got me back on my feet after I did my, and took me to where I needed to go to get help. And if we could just use our yogic practice to understand every part of our meditation and our yoga practice, anyone you want to do is all are welcome, is taking us to the next step. And it and then it asks us to be in trust. And it's hard to believe. It's really hard to believe when you're in chaos. Mm-hmm. So we're working, you know, so that drew me into an educational practice where I started educating others to be kundalini yoga teachers Mm -hmm. i brought teachers from all over the world to colorado to boulder and we started um making students into teachers which is said to be the highest caliber of our human being is to be a teacher so whatever you know you want to go out there and teach and share and send and 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 spread this light however you want to do it is, is, you know, super, super energetic, and it needs stamina. So where do we find the stamina and the vitality? And we find it in sitting in silence and listening deeply. Oh, what you... was the message when I kissed the Mother Earth yesterday? What was that message? <laughs> what was that sign? <laughs> you know, when your nose is bleeding, what's that sign? So not to go into really trying to figure it out at all, but mm-hmm. just let it go, mm-hmm. right? Let it flow. And that's yoga. As 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 did the blood. 
<laughs> as does the blood. As and does the, the blood yeah, flow, yeah, yes, as ladies does and gentlemen. The blood. It's the mother, as the Native Americans say, it's the, the ocean. The it's, world ocean we cross is the mother's blood. Absolutely. So well, I do I do hold a, a Native American pipe name and a lineage, a Lakota in oh, lineage. My okay. name is yeah, my name is Chante Iton Wawagalaka We woman that speaks from her heart. So oh, I was in a sweat lodge in Vermont and a medicine man just handed me a piece of paper and somebody told me what it meant. And I said, Oh, okay, now I'm a pipe carrier. Wow, God, what else? You know, what to do? And what's interesting about that for for me is that um, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, not exactly nice. the heart of Indian country, but certainly a part of it, lots of reservations around and so forth. And um, a lot of spirit. Yeah. But I never wanted to learn about the Native Americans because I mm. felt. I felt mm. that by doing so, I would be treading on sacred ground I had no business treading. I hear you. And, yeah. and so, I bowed to that. Yeah, so I never really researched it. And then mm -hmm. I had my DNA tested. Oh. And my DNA test came back that I, I, I and I, I used to share this when I was a kid in school. And they would ask about, you know, where are you, where are you from? You know, your, your, your lineage. And I'd say I was, from what I was told by my parents, I'm Heinz 57 because I'm from so my family's from so many different places. Well, my DNA confirmed that almost literally. There are seven continents on the planet, all right? I'm from five of the seven, Heinz 57. Hello. Whoa. Uh, no DNA from Antarctica, nor, nor any DNA from Australia. Um, but I finally <laughs> have made peace with that part of me that is under the uh, DNA testing. I am, I am native North, Central, and South Amer Indian. Oh. I have DNA from the Americas. Great. From Canada yeah. down to the tip of Aust yeah. of, of Argentina. So wow. um, I, I now feel like I can I can look into that. And I have a dear friend here in in, in Santa Barbara who is a Chumash Indian. And he okay. has shared with me that I am the new next generation of Chumash, not because okay. it's part of my lineage necessarily, but because of what you, uh, Karuna, and I and many others are doing to, to make a difference in this world and transform it. And that's what we want to talk about here on the program today as we continue Please. on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. You know, Karuna, uh, we look for those new ways of living because we know the old ways don't work anymore. I mean, you just have to look around you. So here on Tell Me Your Story with New Paradigms for a New World, we have guests like yourself who are working to make this a better place for everyone. And I, I don't know about you, but I personally believe it's possible. Tell me how, through Kundalini, you are mm -hmm. able to... To bring that about, I, I do want to talk about the native, your Native American experiences as well. But tell me about um, the connection between 
kundalini and affecting change in the world that people begin to embrace. They begin to understand and they want transformation. I think the first place we need to start is your spine and your core and your tailbone. So those lower chakras sit dormant for lifetimes after lifetimes, if you want to believe there are lifetimes after lifetimes, it's all your choice, okay? No judgment. But it is told through a science that the tip of your tailbone has an energetic that once it starts to spiral, it sends a message up to the third eye point and the endocrine system to the pineal gland and activates. And what does it activate? It activates the subconscious patterns that come at a 60 degree angle before the sun rises and before the sun sets. If you meditate at that time, this is specific Kundalini, okay? That these angles and triangles connect the right left hemisphere of the brain, the pineal, the endocrine system, parasympathetic, sympathetic, hypothalamus, thalamus, all the organs in the body start to radiate and you become healthier. You become all of a sudden, okay, happier. Like I'm smiling. You said laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> I say, hey, if you laugh, you have a smile. Mm -hmm. And when you have a smile, you have a beautiful ability to have a vitality that gives you a serenity to slow down to listen deeply and say, what can I do in this world to participate with that in which needs participation right now in my community? So baby steps in, in the way of, you know, integrating a new yogic practice possibilities of opening up that pineal, rebirthings, ridding yourself of trauma, so what kundalini yoga does is it gives you these very stable, very logical exercises that you must experience. You can't read them in a book. You can study them, but they're timed specifically as I teach them. I teach Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday on Instagram at light on kundalini, nine o'clock mountain time. And we are going through a series on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Time of rebirthing. There's 27 rebirthings. So we started with the first four of house cleaning, one, two, three, and four, where it took you through a method timed wisely, accurately. So you elevate. So we poke, provoke, confront, elevate. So that opens you up to the possibility of you hearing that same pattern you do 90% every day, same pattern. You're just reacting where our grandparents and our ancestors gave us that torch to sever. We're reacting to it. So we're not actually serving our ancestors. We're actually in the way of doing the same thing with addiction Mm. especially with addiction, oh. eating, nutrition, all that comes into play. So when we do a sadhana every morning, consistently every morning, 
you put in your brain a pattern that's actually serving you because inevitably you will go through all your demons. Like the Dalai Lama says, I line them up. I speak to them. I say hello and check them off. You're done. (laughs) Go away. Every morning he does it. Even if he's on the treadmill or the bicycle, you know, and so do I, because that is an amazing witness and conversation you have before that sun rises. And if you integrate a lifestyle around it, where you take a cold shower, you dry scrub, you put oils on your body so they secrete inward, you become very healthy looking and happy and, you know, and and you're able to make your mind up in nine seconds or you're smart enough to wait 24 hours or 72, whatever it takes. So we're not randomly acting and reacting, acting. So we're not like this yo-yo anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like to say, you know, emotions are no longer commotions. Emotions are devotion. Oh, wow. And yeah, I like the, I, I love, you know, Karuna means compassion. So, you know, there's many faces of compassion. She can be Durga. She can be Kali. She can be many, many. She can be Lakshmi. She can be many different faces, depending on how you are. How are you as my reflection right now? What are you seeing? What are we sharing? This is heart to heart, no? Mm. This isn't necessarily head to head anymore. We're not budding. It's elk season here in Colorado, (laughs) but we don't have, you know. We're not, you know, we're making noise. And that gets me to the next part of Kundalini Yoga, which is the music, the music, the divine music from your heart chakra up. You have a divine sound current. So it just shatters anything that doesn't want to live in you anymore. It's going to help you. So we chant the mantra. You know, we chant Guru Guru Wai Guru, Guru Ram Das Guru. Or we chant the Ramadasa, Ramadasa, Sase Soham. And it's so beautiful. And there's so many different versions of each mantra that comes from the Guru Granth Sahib, 1500 pages, similar to all sacred texts in different traditions, have a sacred text. But this Guru Granth Sahib is very, very sacred. Mm. We're talking with uh, a very special woman here on the program today who is sharing with us about her life, her experiences, and the way she is changing the world in her world, if you will. Uh, Karuna is our guest here, and of course she goes, she went by many other names prior. Uh, also, you were, um, uh, even before uh, the internet age. You were uh, you were a model, or I guess uh, the correct term is a major supermodel in both New York and Paris and around the world and so forth, as well as uh, as well as in films. And were uh, you were a fashion uh, what what um, uh, you know you 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 were involved with fashion. Let me let me, let of, me first my sure no go ahead. I'm teasing. It's like, like, yes, yes, and yes. Yes. It was all that. You did all that. And now, now, uh, you are, uh, you are, you, you have, 
it seems as though more and more people today and in the last, I don't know, maybe the last 10 or 20 years are basically saying, you know, I have no idea how I got into this job, this work, this career, but I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. It's not meaningful. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I have got to do something else. But unfortunately, many people feel stuck, especially because from their perspective, it takes the money that they're earning from this job that they may be really good at in order to survive in this world. And I sit here sharing with our listeners how we want to move on from survival to thrival. And I used to uh, think that I had created that word. I found out it's in the dictionary. So not mine to to take credit for. And that's okay. I'm, I'm good with that. But I want to talk to you about that change in your life and how how you have, uh, uh, so to speak, overcome those outer messages that, that bombard us, bombard me day in and day out as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking with Karuna and we're talking about her life and the work that she is doing uh, through her website. We encourage you to go to her website. And that website, by the way, is lightonkundalini.com. We'll, we'll, we will be linked to your website. Tell us about uh, this, this transformation that you have gone through. You've shared quite a bit of it thus far. But in terms of your ability through your training and so forth to, to, to no longer succumb to the, the outer messages that bombard us all. Oh, they bombard me. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, are you serious? But do you succumb oh to God. them? That's the question. No, not. I, you know, you have to work through them. And that's your that's part of your yogic practice. Big time is, is we have to make those really uh, an out loud conversation that us is what I'm going through, folks. And I need a community and I need some sisters and brothers to coach me through you know, there's so many amazing people out there is in, in, in this world that can, you know, just reach out and ask for some advice and some help and even for the littlest tiny thing. But when you go back to the life I've had, you were asking about, you know, uh, you, we have a seven cycle, which is our first consciousness cycle. We have an 11 cycle, which is our intelligent cycle. And we have an 18 cycle, which is an 18 lifestyle life cycle change. If we knew that at seven, which a lot of the youngsters, the parents that are bringing young kids to my classes know it. I mean, they're like, hey, Karuna, I got my mom up an hour early so we'd get here on time. <laughs> you know, I told her it was an hour earlier. <laughs> you know? you know? They're so clever. And they're throwing their yoga mats out in front of me. And they're right in this. And they're in yoga lotus. And when I taught in the Santa Monica school system, those fourth graders, second and fourth graders, couldn't wait for me to get there not me, but to do this practice where they could feel so still. And so look at me. I'm the Buddha, right? And mm. it's like that stillness 
ingrained something into their brain, into their pattern. Then you go to the 11 year olds and they're all in their, about their first intelligence cycles. And then those cycles continue 22, 33, 44, right on. So you just keep going, you keep growing, you keep changing. So at 18, I met an agent in Denver. I was working in a clothing shop. Somebody discovered me, my best friend to this day. She discovered me in a clothing shop. She said, hey, there's an agent in London and uh, sorry, in Denver. And she's got some Parisian agents coming in and you should let's take some pictures of you and we'll send you down there. And in two weeks, I was in Paris. Mm. That was my 18-year-old cycle, right? And then our, our my, and then moving to the 21-year-old cycle, this third seven consciousness cycle, New York, right? Eileen Ford, New York. Moving into the next cycle, you know, which is which is the 36, which is the 18, you know, the 36 double third. Move back from all my travels all over the world, Colorado. Right back to Colorado, my home. Mm. Go to LA, try my acting career in LA, right? Do a few movies, need my roots, following my heart, following. And yes, it takes money. Yes. And it does take a lot of encouragement from family and friends, mostly friends and colleagues, <laughs> because family always tries to just lock you in and keep you at home. <laughs> you know, just stay home. And mom was, oh, just can you just like stay home? I'm like, I don't think so. it's not my life, you know. <laughs> so, but if I think one of the answers to your question is, how do you make those shifts without the attachment of poverty? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we're not born into, you know, like uh, some people are with a silver spoon. We have to work our battle. We have to do that. And we work, we travel to get to where we can make the money enough to utilize it, make more of it to serve. It sounds totally like unheard of if you're in a nine to five job, but actually just finding one change in your habit that's not serving you right now will bring you prosperity. One meditation, like hut, 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 chanting God's name in your navel. We talked about the lower chakras, mm -hmm. where that energy starts to work. It works down there first, Richard, because that's dormant. That's what sticks you to the money aspect. Well, I don't have enough money. I can't do it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All we have to do is give you a 40-day meditation to awaken that kunda, that pent-up coil that's talking to you about your ancestors' poverty, poverty, no less. My, you know, grandmothers can't do it. I can't. Yes, we're here to sever these ties. So we awaken that, then we get to the heart. Then prosperity comes, like the ashram was there when I did my face plant. The ladies from the renounced women that have been there 40 years were there to catch my, you know, my fall, my fall. So how do we look at a face plant? Oh, bad luck. Almost broke my nose. Mm -hmm. No, we look at it as falling into something. It's a sign that says, slow down. 
Mm. It's a sign that says, let's trust a little more. Let's listen. So really what we're asking people to do and ourselves to do, and I'm talking only about myself, clear your slate. Yeah. You'll find more room for prosperity when we clean it up. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you, you, you raise an interesting, um, uh, an interesting uh, uh, item there in terms of even my life too. And mm. also the, 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 the wonderful Chinese, I believe it is a Chinese story uh, about <clears throat> the farmer and his son. You've probably heard it, maybe even told it many times as well, that alludes to what you're talking about, uh, where uh, the neighbor comes over one day and says, hey, uh, Farmer Bill, whatever, yeah, how things going? I says, well, <clears throat> my, my son, uh, he, uh, he's, uh, he, he uh, found this horse and he's training it and it's really going well. I says, oh, well, that's great. That's good. The farmer says, well, who, who's to say whether it's good or bad? Next day, this gentleman comes over and says, hey, Farmer Bill, how are things going today? He says, well, my son was training the horse, and he fell off and broke his leg. And, oh, well, that's bad. He says, well, who's to say whether it's good or bad? Uh, the next day, uh, the, the military comes through and is, in, in con is conscripting people for military service. And, of course, the son can't go because we got a broken leg. Well, the, the gentleman comes over and he says, hey, how, Farmer Bill, how are things going? He says, well, um, my son, uh, you know, uh, was going to be drafted, as it were, uh, but because of his broken leg, he didn't go, go to the army, and so he's not going to die in service kind of thing. Well, that's good. And the farmer says, well, who's to say? And this goes, of course, this goes on and on and on. And it sort of speaks to my dilemma, as I used to call it, when it came to dualism in this world, the Mayans, of course, they call it, uh, they call it uh, the Mayans. The Hindus call it Maya. <laughs> the Hindus call it Maya or illusion. Uh, I love the way our uh, American comedian Lewis Black says it. It's all an illusion. And it is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um, we are the ones that place, and I will call it, I think, what it is accurately. We are the ones that place judgment on the various mm. events that happen mm. in our lives mm. uh, as mm. to whether they are good or bad. Because we have no mm. clue as to what the final outcome is going to be. Mm. Uh, and it could go back and forth mm. and back and forth. And, yeah, you, you know, and someone said, well, we have hard times and good times, so there's the duality. I said, well, yeah, but uh, maybe it's just, this is just the way things are. This is mm. just the way things are. It's neither good nor bad. It just is. And so I've, I find that interesting as the way you have you have phrased it in terms of this uh, this aspect of, of living our lives. Mm -hmm. We're talking with uh, Karuna and we are uh, talking here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for being with us here on the program as we continue uh, speaking, uh, especially in light of uh, what. Uh, uh, our guest here, uh, Karuna, is talking about in, in in terms of this energy, this beautiful energy. Now, I can't say that I have ever participated in learning Kundalini. At the same time, you also talked about um, something we promote here on the program 
in terms of going within. We talk about uh, people uh, participating in the decade of perfect vision. We ask them to stop, go within to that quiet, peaceful, calm space and listen to that still, small voice. Talk to us about your impressions, your perspective on our intuition and that divine, still, small voice, that intuitional voice and so forth uh, that guides you, that can guide everyone, anyone. Can we just imagine if we chose to not interrupt each other as we spoke. Could we be a more peaceful listener? And then would it be possible to hear the other person more clearly than to resonate on that frequency with that same chakra you're speaking from, which is the heart chakra, and stop convoluting our judgments around how long is this taking? <laughs> <laughs> how much, excuse me, uh, how much longer are we here for? I mean, it goes through everyone's mind because mm -hmm. it's the 81 facets. Who am I today? What am I doing? Where is my reflection? How much money am I making? These, all these hows, but the true why am I here on planet Earth? Why are they playing, you know, the games out there? competitive games out there with each other. Who's the best person? Who's driving the fanciest cars? Who's the richest at the moment? It all just will just like the moon come and go, right? Who's to know? But we are for sure that the sun is always, always shining even amongst those that pure white outside today, that pure fog, there is sun. Can we part the clouds and just be more resilient to and less looking for that current relationship of what I know or the past relationship of, oh no, no way. I'm not going back into that. And be just who we are at this very moment with each other. We've mm -hmm. never met you and I, and yet we're resonating on a frequency where we love what we do. We love speaking about love. It's Rumi's birthday today anyway, so there, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's, it's a beautiful, you know, here's a beautiful book for you called I Heard God Laughing. It's all Javi's. And it's very, you know, you spoke of laughing, you know, the poems of hope and pure joy. And it is, it is truly us going to a yogic practice. You say you've never done Kundalini, but I don't believe that. I know you've done Kundalini. I know you have because you walk and you have rhythm and you speak and you sing and you dance and you're open. And that's kundalini. It's just way awakening the yoga within. It's truly you 
becoming your authentic voice. To me, that's what I teach is and what I practice for myself. And the more I get in, sometimes the darker the dream. So what but I go deeper with them. Right. So what you're saying is that it is possible to experience this kundalini energy even if one has not actually been in practice, if you will. Right? Absolutely. 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 It's being kind to each other. It's being generous. It's being compassionate. That, to me, defines what this yoga practice offers. Hmm. Yogi Bhajan didn't have to bring this yoga practice from to the West. He did not have to be talked about and, you know, with this, that, and the other. He's not even a guru. He's a yogi, you know? People misplace the understanding of yogi and guru. A guru is someone who brings from darkness to light, right? But a yogi gives you the transformation and the ability to experience a super amazing practice that most people will mock. Oh, I can't hold my arms out here any longer, Karina. This is ridiculous. 11 minutes. I say, well, hold them out with your rib cage, please. And drop your shoulders and pull your chin in. Turn your palms up to the heavens and be you. Mm -hmm. And get out of your head. <laughs> you know? And like, that is the way you can train your mind. And once you retrain your habit. So in 40 days, we can break a habit for you. I can give you a practice, you can break a habit. Any habit, any addiction, many teachers can help us with this, these addictive patterns. And one of them is changing the neurons in the brain. So we work with the neurons in the brain and we make sure that we're triggering on all, because we get short-circuited. So all circuits need a good go. So it helps to have a good diet. It helps to eat well. It helps to have a lot of understanding and Actually, humor is coming through as well, but it also helps to educate yourself with your diet and understand, as I said, the baby steps, because when you start detoxing, maybe suddenly you said, I just woke up and I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a vegan. Well, my you know niece, she came to visit me at 12. I was living this lifestyle, am living this lifestyle still. And she's like, I want to be that. She's 31 and she's still a vegan. And she ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a year. And her parents were like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> what did you do to my, my daughter? <laughs> you know, but we do get blamed. We do get blamed because... It's a different, it's not the run-of-the-mill lifestyle where you go into, you know, the supermarket and just throw in the processed foods. No, you have, you know, to grow your own food, to nurture your own garden, to drink your own smoothies, to make it, you know, to, and then to educate the children and do the same thing. And let's take it to the schools. Mm. Let's invite the schools and the children so they start, you know, I put a, a young person's recipe, you know, in, in my newsletter, which I send out every Sunday, a letter from the heart. You know, you can sign up for the newsletter on the website, lightonkundalini.com. Get a letter from the heart. And I also invite you to be a part. 
I want to hear your voice. So it's very, it's very sweet what what comes out of you. As you have traveled the world, yes, you have come across people of very divergent uh, lifestyles. There's no question. Yes. And yes. some people yes. will come to you um, with, let's say, a more, a more affluent lifestyle, as you kind of talked about, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but they seem sometimes, and maybe this is the media, I, I, I could be wrong, and maybe this is just the media, the TV, television shows, and the movies that do, uh, seem to depict these folks of affluence as being arrogant and privileged and, hey, uh, excuse me, I go to the front of the line because I make more money. I have more money than you. And mm -hmm. I am of a mm -hmm. higher class, uh, uh, you know, and so on and so forth with their nose in the air kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these folks, uh, again, this again may, this may be the stereotype, which is inaccurate, but they're searching and they think that they are maybe in one sense entitled to have these experiences with you. Show me God or give me this, this thing. I, you know, I, money is no object. I have got to find peace in my life. Uh, have you come across folks like that and maybe folks who aren't affluent, but they're just of that attitude that, you know, God told me I, I'm supposed to come to you and get this gift from you and and so on and so on. You know, I have to say I've been very blessed with every single solitary type of person, but it seems like I've never been able to detect what they bring in the room because the energy that's set in this room here, this heart here, never calls in their egos necessarily. It's when we get down the road, when you see how long a student will last with you, mm -hmm. that's the amusing, known judgment part of hmm, they're really, you know, rose colored glasses. They love to practice. But what I see when they're there after eight months and, and 10 months and a year and two years, and then they get that, you know, they, they go through the, the, the Kali part of it and they go through, you know, all different aspects of the dark side because you really start to break it down. And all that money then hopefully goes to great charities and, and they start investing their wealth into different avenues. But I have to say, um, honestly, that, that what I find in people is a humble, humble place all the time, no matter if they're a hidden wealthiest person in the world. I don't think I'd even identify with them because most of all, you know, I know every single person that comes either on Instagram or through my yoga room door has something going on at home. Mm. You have no idea as a teacher what they're bringing into you. And all you can do as a heart is help 
no matter who they are and how much they're worth. And affluence stays outside the door because it really isn't working with spirit. It's working with ego. And we work with spirit and soul. And that's, you know, that's the way it goes. And so when we get into these upper chakras and we open up these heart channels and this throat and this this third eye point, you asked about how do you get to that, you know, that opening of that pineal, which is all memory gland, right? And it is the age of Aquarius. And we can super affect this planet with this pineal gland. Imagine if we were all walking around with a pineal gland just (laughs) being like a headlamp. And you could just detect it with everybody. It'd be so high. You would just be so in love. You wouldn't have to hug and kiss and and make, you know, relationships like that. You could have universal relationships, kind without, you know, that's why it was amazing during the pandemic where people you didn't know were saying, how are you? you, How's your family? These are, you know, people you have never met before. And I'm not talking only about yoga. I'm talking about day-to-day lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, the trash man. You know, how is everybody? You know, everybody's suddenly concerned for a year about each other. And then suddenly the opportunity opens up where we can be a compassionate community of people. I wish it didn't sound so uh, impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I feel like it. sometimes people think it's so esoteric. She's so ungrounded. She's so this. So <laughs> it's not. It's like, hey, let me just tell you all something. I, you know. My brother's coach in the NFL. I ra- was raised with a fo- Italian football coach. Yeah, I had to understand how to keep up to be kept up. And yet, you know, they say Satnam to me. You know, they say, ah, oh, care. You know, my name's Caroline. Mm-hmm. They say, Carol, I love you. Thank you. know, my brother Chuck wrote a beautiful story called Sideline. And he had leukemia. His first year, he's, teach, he's coaching at the Colts, gets leukemia. Mm. Bruce Aarons comes in, takes over for a while while Chuck goes through the chemo. And all of a sudden, now he's raising over five million, six, seven million for children with cancer with leukemia. That answers a question to you around. What if you do have a purpose in life right now? That you get in that placement where you can serve and see what's dealt, what card game, what what hand is dealt to you. And may it be this hand that's dealt to you or this hand that's dealt to you that you just go, I'm willing to change into a believer of Light, love, community, grace, all of that. But it takes work and it takes trust and it takes a willingness to let go and let God, any God will do, <laughs> generator, organizer, delivery. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
we're talking about. We have to destroy first, you know, we have to destroy in a compassionate way. Mm. So when we work with subconscious patterns, we say, thank you. Bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. So we politely move them on and then we add the fragrance or the spice. That's going to be really yummy to that soup that's already, you're already boiling in there. You already have the base, the foundation. Let's just add a few little elements to it. Mm. We're talking with Karuna here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We are talking about uh, that mysterious and miraculous energy of energies, the kundalini energy that travels up and down the spine and um, what is so extraordinary for me and just what you said earlier, uh, you did not believe that I hadn't done the practice of kundalini. Well, from a structural standpoint, uh, I, I barely know uh, Tai Chi. Uh, I was actually participating in a Tai Chi class for the very first time. This goes back to 1990. 98 or 99, <clears throat> I was working uh, uh, there. There was a gentleman there by the name of Sunyata Saraswati. He is the auth- co-author of uh, Jewel in the Lotus. And um, I was standing there listening to the music, watching the other people, trying to mimic them and move the mysterious ball and that kind of thing. And he came over, and I was, it was uh, not... Uh, it was not even close. And he came over to me and he stopped him and he says, no, 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 don't, don't try to follow them. Just let the music take you. Just mm. wherever the energy takes you in movement, go there. And I have to tell you that was some of the greatest advice that I had been given in that regard. Mm. But that's something that we need to incorporate into our lives in general because we tend to fight the uh, the universe a little bit. We want to, as the phrase goes, uh, control the process rather than mm-hmm. become part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So very true. And we are control freaks for sure, no matter who we are. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like... You don't have to do what I ask you to do. I'm just suggesting it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You don't have to blame me or anyone else. All we have to do is what he told you. And we work with that energetic ball. And you know, when you do work with it, there's a wrist. This wrist meridian is your heart meridian. This is your colon. Upper arms is your stomach. It's like, I am this masterpiece of awareness that I'm not even aware I have. Every these tattvas, this is the ego, this is Jupiter, Saturn, Sun, Mercury's in retrograde, right? So if you're having a problem with anything right now in communication, it's Mercury in retrograde, understanding the stars and the moon and the sun all play the cosmos all play this energetic role in our lives. And that's why there's no way you can look at your neighbor in your in my class. If I ever see anybody looking at their neighbor, <laughs> I'm like, what are you looking at, dear? I mean, 
that isn't going to help you. Yeah. She's working on her own stuff or he is. Are you kidding? Like yeah. I said, you don't know what each person's bringing through the door. You don't know what's going on in everyone's home. And you pray there's no domestic violence or there's no racism or hatred. For you know, but you we just have to become such sensitive human beings in this sacred way, you know, that hue, that aura. So we strengthen that seventh body, that aura. And we just do things like just playing in that aura, that nine feet above you, below you, from side to side, in front of you and back of you. And to clear it, you know, simple, 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 just clear it. You don't like what that conversation looks like? Just say, I'll be back with you in 30 seconds, going to clear the aura. Imagine if we had that kind of conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. What a good idea. I think I'll clear mine, you know, mm -hmm. instead of what? <laughs> what is he talking about? Well, you know what I'm talking about because everybody knows. Even my aunt who's 95, she knows. She knows. My mama knows. She's 87. They know. They might play dumb, but they know because we're handed that torch. And so you have more in you, like the Tai Chi was telling you, that we need to discover, we need to open up and seep that through that skin, that, that Native American heritage that you carry. And imagine this, imagine if we opened, and we are going to, by the way, open, it's already open, by the way, that's why you said Mayan. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a slip. <laughs> is that there's some there's some energy working here yeah. that is opening these channels. So let us step out of the way of these openings and welcome a new conversation. It's so obvious when people don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean it's like a no brainer. It's like oh okay resistance. Okay fine. I find that it's, not to abandon them. Yeah. And that's that's a hard thing, hard thing not to do. Abandon them because yes. um, I have written uh, in my own book, Choices, Five Steps to Life, yes. that we have the freedom to associate or disassociate with anybody we want. Yes. Now. When I am talking about that, I'm not talking about it on the basis of economic status, religion, political persuasion, uh, sex, race, or any of that. I talk about it from the standpoint of the energy that they bring into my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And whether or not it is complementary or contrary to my life, to what I want to do with my life, to what I'm led to do with my life, mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who is in opposition, telling mm -hmm. me, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, telling me what to do and how to do it. I had a, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, uh, I still considered him a friend, um, mm -hmm. and we went uh, camping. Uh, it, there were three of us, but he and I went up to the campsite first. Uh, and... Um, 
We had just had uh, our, our evening meal. We had gotten up there very late. I take that back. We had had our morning meal and got up there late and went to bed right away, uh, built our tents and what have you. And he was telling me how to do the dishes, how to wash the oh. dishes. Now, I grew up in a family of eight, six kids. Oh. All right, two older sisters, two younger sisters, and a younger brother. And one of the chores that my parents set up for us until we reached the age of 18 was that the six of us would pair off in twos. Every week, one pair would choose who would set the table before dinner and then who would clear the table after dinner and wash the dishes. So... Every third week, it was my turn, along with one of my brother, with my brother or one of my sisters. I know how to wash dishes. You don't have to tell me how. I, I have I have a lot of experience there. Yeah. And I actually I got upset. I threw my hands up. I walked up the hill uh, above our campsite, and um, he came up the hill after a while because I had taken a. I had taken an axe and I had uh, brought it down Ooh. on this one small log that was in front of the fireplace, the, the, the fire pit, and it had caused the two pieces to go up in different directions. And somehow I had triggered his PTSD. He was a Vietnam vet. So he comes up the hill and he's telling me his story. And I, I, asked, I in essence, said, I don't care. I said, you aren't my father and you aren't my professor. I know how to do things. Don't be telling me how to do things. Mm -hmm. Suggestions, mm -hmm. I'll take. Uh, and, um, you know, and, the, and, and so that's one of those things where you, you, you struggle with keeping yeah. certain people in your lives, especially if they're relatives. You know, they say yeah. you, can, you can choose your family, but you can't choose your relatives. You know, and there is a certain element of truth to that. I am Correct. one of the lucky ones. I don't have any estrangement in my family, between my brother or uh -huh. my sisters or my parents. Mm -hmm. We're all still very close mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that uh, six of the eight of us live in Arizona and my brother and I live here in California. Mm -hmm. But what about that aspect of saying, as you, I think, quite well said, bye-bye, uh, to someone who is is really and we're not i know that you're not talking about having people around you they're yes people oh yes karuna how wonderful oh, it's so beautiful right. you know and da right. da 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 we're not right. talking about that we're talking more about those who are poo-pooing what you're doing and saying no I, you know it doesn't say that in the book that i follow the book that is the authority the author of da 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 da, -da. Um, can you, you can you expound a bit yeah, on that? I can. This story is so significant to ashram life because that's why in the early days they built so many. Yogi Bhajan would send people. They weren't even trained teachers yet. Go build an ashram. Go open up an ashram. Get everybody to live together. Let them all live together and fight. You know, and they would. They would go through these issues of, of their childhood in adult bodies of understanding that how in the world am I going to live with this person in the same building 
at the same dinner, lunch, um, lunch and dinner table. And how in the world am I going to um, every day communicate? I'm going to have to work it out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to find a way through this block. So he got him up early. He got him up to teach him a sadhana at 4.30 in the morning before the sun rose. And it was two and a half hours. And he'd keep him in that kitchen you were talking about, even though it's on a fire pit, mm -hmm. till 2.30 in the morning. So they got two hours of sleep. So all their SHIT hit the fan, right? <laughs> Everything was out of proportion. And out, everyone was out of their mind. They were so tired. And he found that that way, that lifestyle would suddenly get to their DNA, their cellular level of the stuff that doesn't work in communication or with each other in community, that they were going to have to find a way to make it work and not say, screw you, I'm out of here, because they, there's nowhere they could go. They had to stay in it. So it is very important to establish, and this will change the behavior of, imagine standing, washing the dishes with this vet, mm -hmm. understanding that he has PTSD. You knew him. He was a friend. He traveled with you. Mm -hmm understanding his condition and imagine us standing back and just saying you're right you're absolutely right you are so right here show me how to wash the dishes i want to learn something new and somehow our ego goes what and our patience goes oh there's a gift in this there's a gift in this because what it's doing for you and for us is it's not heating us up where our bodies are so overheated with anger. It's getting below the second chakra to the first chakra, the soul chakra, the tailbone. It's igniting that tailbone energy to bring out compassion because it's going to the sadness instead of the anger. Mm. it's not triggering you any longer. And I'm sure this is a long time ago this happened because I know you're not like that anymore or that like, or he's not like that anymore, but, or the conversation would be different or mm -hmm. your whatever has happened in mm -hmm. your friendship is super interesting because that's life. That's what we're doing. This yoga practice for is to, Hey, when I fell flat on my face yesterday, no one tripped me. I had no one to blame. Yeah, I, I just got up just the same way when I was 21 riding a bicycle in New York City down Fifth Avenue and put on the brakes and because someone walked out in front of me and I flew over the handlebars, broke both my elbows, put the bike on my shoulder and walked up four flights of stairs to my modeling job for Mademoiselle Magazine. Same energy I had yesterday when I got up from that fall, I heard so many cracks. I thought, do I have teeth? Do I have a nose? 
you know, same energy I got, I felt in my meditation when I was sitting with myself after, you know, they examined my brain. So all you who are worried about my brain out there, I did have a CT and I'm fine. <laughs> no <blood>. Good. <laughs> but yeah, that was another adventure. But, you know, that is an important aspect of when you fall flat on your face, when you walk away, can you say, and that who called in just now was the chiropractor checking on me. He came out of his peaceful evening with his wife to make sure I was okay. You know, follow up because that story otherwise will suck up your energy because we want to feel good about each other. And we want to do the right things. And it's such a compassionate, honest story you told. And I really feel privileged to talk about it. Because like you said, you wanted to be the oracle. That is an oracle. You are an oracle. I uh, actually was talking with a dear friend of mine some time ago. She has since passed. She uh, oh, now follows me okay. around. I, I consider her maybe over my right shoulder. Uh, yes, lovely. What's her name? Her name, uh, Ramona. Uh, and I met her 40... I, I couldn't believe when I did the tabulations, I realized, oh my God, I've known her for 40 years. And we've stayed in contact yeah. and everything until her passing. Uh, and, and I have an affinity so for beautiful. redheads. And she was a redhead. And of course, I was 21 when I first met her. So you can imagine oh, what yeah. I was going through. And she was already married to another man named Richard. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she all of that. you out one way or another. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we were chatting one uh, one day on the phone, and she says, uh, "Okay, well, I want to send you this, that, and the other thing uh, in the mail because I would like for you to read this or do this or whatever." Uh, and I said, "Okay, well, let me give you my address, and of course, you can address it to you know Richard or Richard Dugan or you know blah blah blah." Or um, I, I thought about uh, maybe uh, you could address it to the Oracle at. And oh. she got the biggest laugh out of that. And I've saved the recording of that conversation. We actually were doing an interview. And she got the biggest laugh out of that that I had ever oh. heard from her. She's uh, definitely got, well, this is another yeah. channel. Yeah. She's she, in our aura. Yeah. I love her. She was. Welcome. I, I want to say she was, but is a, a remarkable yes. person. Uh, um, uh, she shared with me so much about uh, um, I mean, I, I actually referred to her as a mentor, and she did not like that at all. She says, no, 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 don't, don't call me a mentor. I'm your friend, okay? I'm a friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, okay, I, I won't do that anymore. Uh, but she was a very good friend. As a matter of fact, uh, on my 21st birthday, she gave me a book that I carry with me to this day. I had it rebound in a spiral binding, uh, and it's a small little book I carry around. It's called The Impersonal Life. And it was written in 1916 by a James Banner. And then uh, it was uh, written or, or published for the first time in 1933. And uh, it's basically God talking to you, the reader. It's a very fascinating book. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. And this is how significant this book was to her as it is to me. She says, if there was one book, if I was put on a desert island and I could only have one book, that would be the book. 
the impersonal life. Um, it was it was just fascinating, and I'm curious about the uh, the work that you are doing these days through uh, Light on Kundalini. Uh, dot com is the website, folks. If you would like to find out more, uh, if you have <clears throat> any. Uh, any uh, writings? I'm sure you've probably written articles and things of this nature. But is there a a book out with your name on it anywhere that we would uh, would uh, be able to pick up and and read about who you are or read about mm-hmm. how to begin the process of accessing this this marvelous and miraculous uh, Kundalini energy? Thank you. Um, yeah, we're in the process and. Um, Kurt said he'd jump on with us. He's publishing my book. It's the Yoga of Awakening. And he's available to jump on and read some excerpts from it if you want him to jump on here. But, you know, that's what's coming up. And, you know, it's so interesting to read so much as I I love reading. And I love reading autobiographies. And I love reading about, you know, Everyone, I love them all. And right now, you know, it's just, it's a really sweet book I'm reading that are, it's about animals talking to each other. And Mm. I'm almost embarrassed that I'm loving it so much because there's just so much compassion in this book. And, um, and there's so much um, relationships that we miss with the four-legged, the winged ones of plant kingdom and all those that creep and crawl and fly. (laughs) And me tako yase aho to your lineage and to your legacy. But, you know, I really, you know, I really love, um, I love what uh, is coming out of uh, Mayhem to Miracles. There's a little article in Mayhem to Miracles, which is on sacred stories. Mm-hmm. publishing mm-hmm. and um there's a little excerpt in there that i wrote um it's my karuna uh offering in there so there is some of my writing in there and we'll just have to wait for the yoga of awakening to come out it's at the second it's in the second round of the editor so we should be seeing it very soon and i feel um so um, blessed to be able to share stories from the heart there. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> the synchronicity of the universe is extremely fascinating because probably un- <clears throat> unbeknownst to you or Kurt, I am one of the four um, hosts who is actually interviewing 12 of the authors or contributors to Mayhem to Miracles published by Sacred Stories Publishing that it's available through sacredstoriespublishing.com. And I was connected with them two years ago when Chaos to Clarity was released and I interviewed 12 of the authors then and we devoted an entire month of Tell Me Your Story. All of the programs that we aired at that time and it was three, uh, two on Sunday, one on Monday, uh, two uh, the mayhem uh, to the chaos to clarity series. And basically we're going to try to do the same kind of thing, if you will, uh, with, uh, mayhem to miracles. And, uh, the folks that I have talked with thus far have had some incredible, 
incredible stories to tell, lots of emotion yeah. in, in the context yeah. of the interviews. And uh, uh, yeah. I have to and say that... they're real stories. It's like your yeah. story you just shared. Yeah. No one can learn unless we share these stories. Yeah. I have to say that uh, it's never my intent to, uh, uh, to bring tears to the eyes of the guest. Uh, but I had that happen for the second, only the second time in 40 years, 40 plus years of interviewing oh, uh, with I'm one of these interviews. only two times, actually. And I even shared with her, I said, hey, thank you for being one of the few who has, has actually gotten so emotive that they were willing to go beyond any embarrassment to share the story through the emotion. And, uh, you know, there have been times when I've had a tear come to my eye when I'm listening to some of these stories, not only from Mayhem to Miracles, but just in my interviews throughout the week. When, and this is someplace I really would like to go with you before we wrap things up, and that is the importance, the integral part of our being human, being human, in terms of our emotions and how important it is for us to express our emotions, where we are coming from, whether we're telling our story or we're thinking about whatever it is that's going through us at that time, an experience that we're having. Uh, tell us about the vitalness of experiencing our emotions and not stuffing them down, not shutting them off, not going into our egos and our brains saying, oh, no, because I see so many programs now where people are being interviewed on television and documentaries yeah. mm -hmm. and they're mm -hmm. starting to talk and, and, and they'll start to get emotional. You can tell they're getting choked up. Right. And this is the thing that I find fascinating, specifically the women, but even the men, they will say as they are about to tear up. I'm sorry, excuse me, as if there's something wrong with the tears, apologizing. I know. Well, we have been taught early on to be quiet and not in a yogic sense, but, you know, children are not to be heard. This stems back again to that little boy, little girl. You know, the one that was shut down from finding her emotional voice. We've had to sever, coming from my experience, I've had, I've had to sever so many ties from emotional, covert, unemotional, covert relatives, people that wouldn't open up with me and I was always I had a cousin say to me today because I'm trying to get my Italian citizenship and um, and I had a cousin so I'm reconnecting with a cousin that I loved so much and he you know he said you're so nice but you always have been that touched me so much. Mm. And, you know, and I had a picture sent to me about when I was hugging, you know, like my first boyfriend. And it made me fall back in love with my spirit to see my face hugging that first boyfriend because it was so true. 
And it still is that way inside of me. And people misjudge that. So we're putting up boundaries and we're putting up guards to not be open-hearted, loving human beings, hue, halo, mind, man, the halo of the mind, where the, you know, opening up these heart centers to, to come from the heart, to then go to the mind, and then to receive. And so when they're, we're apologizing for our tears, instead of having that incredible, youthful moment of crying, and feeling, mm. and loving, what more you can't buy that nectar in the grocery store my friends i don't care how many green drinks and smoothies and if you're <laughs> vegan vegetarian or you eat meat you will not get what you get when you open your heart from mm. any kind of food except your own saliva and your own love and your own compassion and that's the necessity that you and I have in common to give others. Mm. We have to walk this planet in a way where we're not afraid to be who we are. People fall in love with you. What can you do? You can't do anything. You're not responsible for their actions because they fall in love with you. What you are responsible for is that you don't lead them because you're insecure and you need attention. That's what you're responsible yeah. for. But if you are leading each other on a path of light and love and compassion and listening, trauma stops us. There's a super cool course on healing um, on sacred stories called Healing Trauma. One of so part of my writing is on on sacred stories. So I've got healing trauma. I've got the awakening of the ten bodies. A super easy kriya. Ten bodies. We have ten bodies that need to be awakened every day. You can do thirty seconds. You can do fifteen seconds, but just do them so you give them a little light, you know, and pepper them and get them open. Those channels open. Mm. And then, you know, and so there's a few programs on Sacred Stories publishing right now that I've made for Sacred Stories. And one of the ones is healing trauma because that trauma where you didn't get it from mama or papa mm -hmm. and being held, where you were shoved away to be silent. And what are you laughing at? You know, how many times you hear that? Like, it's like, you know, nothing, nothing, you know. Okay, you know, embarrassed, get all hot and everything because yeah. you're so young. You're so sensitive. Your heart is so open and loving. And so healing that in itself, and they're super easy. There's, it's two hours. You can buy the course. I'll take you through it. I'll even take you through the course. I'm on there anyway with you. So I do take you through the course. <laughs> and, and, but if you want it with me privately live, I'll take you through the course. That's how much I know it works. Mm -hmm. But the third aspect, the third part of the meditation is becoming superhuman. Mm -hmm. And it's simply by moving your arms 
just like move your arms. You know, move you got your, your yeah, yeah. It's just moving your arms. Yeah, it's like I'm free. Yeah, I'm liberated. I'm free, and I'm gonna own this, and I'm gonna continue to practice this because it doesn't fade away. Every student inevitably says, "Is this gonna come back in six months to haunt me?" And I'm like. Oh my God, not if you stick with it every day. Yeah. Or even if you miss a day, but just have it. I mean, I was in the MRI yesterday with the CT or whatever, and I'm chanting goody goody why goody goody love das goody. Because I want the guru that takes me from, you know, my broken destiny to give me a miracle to tell me there's no blood in my brain, right? right. Leaking. <laughs> you know. I think we have to motivate our each other mm -hmm. and ourselves yeah. to trust. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I have one thing to say about that whole ten body thing. You know, it takes me and it, it's enough for me to jump in the shower with this body. I got to wash ten others. Come on, I don't have time for that. Uh, what I do have time. All you for have to do is breathe. <laughs> I know. Ah, yes, that's breathe, it. folks. Breathe. On each body. That's yeah. all you have to do. I know you move your body. Don't you tell me you don't move I, <laughs> Of course I do. Uh, what, what, <laughs> this is Tell Me Your Story. We're talking with uh, Karuna, and uh, her website is alightonkundalini.com. We hope that you will go to her website. We will be linked to her website as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us. As we uh, come to the close of our program, uh, Karuna, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program, sharing your life, your story, your energy with us. And... Um, uh, I hope to have you back again to continue this conversation because I know that there's there are more points that we can touch on that you're working on uh, as as we move through our lives together. Thank you, Richard. I I miss you already. <laughs> well, I, I, here's here's the deal. I, I do really have three do. final questions. And I wanted you know I wanted to tell you that one of the wonderful mints I have in my home and I share with many people is about a five foot statue of Kuan Yin. And Kuan Yin is the goddess of mercy and compassion. And she's not gonna leave us until the last tear is dropped from mm. our eye. Mm. And so I just wanna give everyone that great big hug, virtual hug out there and say, I'm here. If anybody needs anything from Karunaji, please don't hesitate to email me at karuna at lightonkundalini.com. And I can, you know, write you back and, you know, we can set up a private and we can work towards your, towards your opening. We're all, no one's perfect. Yeah. It's an everyday deal. It's it is. shaking hands yeah. with yeah. God, you know, it's like every day. Okay. Hi. <laughs> what do you got for me today? <laughs> but I do want to say, get up. On, let's get up and let's work on this together and yeah. let's bring you to happiness, holiness and health, good health. Yeah. 
Well, I do have three final questions that I ask all of my guests. You may have addressed them during the program, but uh, I like to ask them directly. But before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. And of course, the podcast, we're on Spotify and iHeart and TuneIn Radio and um, uh, uh, Spotify. I said that one already. SoundCloud, um, Amazon Music. Uh, since I went out of order, I'm, I'm not getting them all out. But we're on the Internet. Just Google us and you'll find us. And you can watch these interviews on YouTube, the YouTube channel. Tell me your story, Richard Dugan. Just look for the guy with the hat. And uh, you won't go wrong. And we also encourage you, if you can support us financially, we would be so gratefully appreciative. Just uh, send us uh, contributions through PayPal. It's there for your security as well as ours. And when you go to the send page, it's going to ask you for the email address of the person you're sending it to. Richard at RichardDugan.com is my email address, and boom, it will go to my PayPal account to go towards the work that we're doing here on Tell Me Your Story. We also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision. As uh, we encourage you to go within, spend that time in that still, quiet, small place, and um, just listen to the still, small voice and get the guidance and the inspiration and the encouragement that is there for you. And with that, I uh, begin the three-part uh, questioning as we wrap up the program here on Tell Me Your Stories by asking you, my guest, who is Karuna? Karuna is love, Karuna is compassion, Karuna is somebody who cares about you, and Karuna is no longer a seeker, but um, observing the observer, and always growing, always sharing and learning from you. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Pure and utter happiness. For it is our birthright. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Only to serve. And <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> to laugh like you said and to feel joy and feel peace let us live in peace and not pieces well Karuna once again thank you for being our guest on the program we do look forward to having you back again uh, to continue our conversation here on Tell Me Your Story it's been a pleasure to get to know you and the work that you are doing and uh I'll keep moving. I'll keep dancing and raising my hands. So there. thank you again. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> and I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.